We are recording July 21st, 2020. Please state your name when you were at WRHU and any jobs or positions or shows that you did. I am Jen Murphy Packer. I was a member of WRHU from the fall of 1992 through my graduation in the spring of 1995. Um, started out as I would say an assistant on Whiplash, which was our uh, heavy metal show on Monday nights. Then I moved on to the Rock and Roll Oasis, I believe in the spring of 1993. Then I was uh, continued on with the Oasis through graduation. I did Thursday nights, seven to 9 p.m. And I was the rock producer for, I, I, I wanna say, I was trying to put all the dates together today and it's, you know, it's been a few years. So I think that was spring of 93 that I was the rock and roll producer. Then I was the music director 1993 through 94 with Brett Dion as my co-MD. And that was a whole lot of fun to do that together with him. And then program director in my senior year, which was 1994 through 95. Were there any shows that you engineered or produced or worked on during your time there? Yes, I was a staple on Tony Jackson's Irish Country on Saturday afternoons. Um, five o'clock through eight was my shift. And I'm proud to say that many afternoons, that was the first thing that I did that day. <laughs> 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 as as others can attest um but tony was great and he was great to work with and it was such a great environment being with him and maureen and all of the artists that they brought down to the studio and the music that they played and it was such a welcoming family um i also definitely engineered a classic show and i think i had a jazz slot for a while i just don't remember for what time period Okay. So this is a multi-part question okay. and you can answer it however you like, but what first brought you to the radio station and what was it like when you got there? What did it look like? Who was there? What was your feeling? What did it smell like? Anything that seems relevant to your first time being at Hofstra Radio? Sure. Um, that I actually do remember as clear as a bell. Um, in the fall semester of 1992, there was a flyer hung up in my dorm. I was living in the towers. I believe I was still in Tower F at the time, uh, which is Vanderpool Hall um, or Vanderpool. I don't speak Dutch, so I'm not sure exactly. But um, there was some flyer hanging up that said something like, do you love music? Do you love radio? Come on down to the Hofstra radio station, WRHU, get involved. And I, I was in addition to my interest in broadcasting, always a huge fan of radio, a huge fan of music. And I was actively looking for something to do in addition to just classes. And so, you know, freshman year, I had spent a lot of time um, off campus running back home to Brooklyn on the weekends. And I had actively decided not to do that as much anymore and wanted to get involved in some other things on campus. So I went to an introductory meeting, um, in Memorial Hall in the basement. It was in a pretty big classroom. And I remember very clearly there being, you know, the executive board up in the front of the room and everyone spoke and all of the producers of each of the shows. 
very, I was very impressed. Um, you know, I was talking earlier to Todd about it and I was even probably a bit intimidated by the, you know, talent pool in the front of the room. Um, and then Denise Hainak got up and she was the, you know, I'll say producer and host of Whiplash, which was the, the metal show. And in, you know, classic Denise form, she was both very warm and welcoming and sarcastic and self-deprecating. So she was, to me, very approachable because she literally said something to the tune of, you know, we do the metal show, which nobody really cares about. So if you're interested and you like that kind of thing, you know, come meet me after this <laughs> meeting. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing her justice because that, like, that made me feel welcome enough to go up to her at the end of this kind of meet and greet thing and say, hey, and I was like, hey, I'm into metal. And she was so welcoming and so inviting. And she said, come on down you know, come Monday night or, you know, like invited me. I don't remember. I have a feeling, a vague recollection that we might've done a tour that night. Like we might've taken a walk through the office and then down to the studio. And I was, you know, it was very exciting to me. Like the fact that there was a working radio station, especially at that time, you know, this is prior to everyone being able to stream anything or get, you know, all of your music on demand. The music actually came from the radio in real time. Um, so it was so exciting to see folks in the studio live on the air. I was blown away. So the first time in the studio uh, was with Whiplash. And I was immediately drawn to the level of activity, the level of just enthusiasm in the room. Everybody was psyched to be there. Um, it was just as fun as you can imagine. And in terms of sights and sounds, I remember the board the cart machines, you know, CDs, vinyl everywhere. Um, the basement of Memorial definitely had a distinct smell that was not bad per se, but it was, you know, basement-esque, <laughs> a little, a little damp, a little, um, but after spending, you know, every free moment of the next four years there, like if I could smell it right now, I would, I, if somebody had a candle of it, I would buy all of them, you know, like to, you know, just to recreate that, that feeling and that, that environment and that atmosphere. Who else was in the room that first time you went to Whiplash? Cause you said everybody. And I know Denise was the host and producer. Do you remember anybody else? I want to say John LaRosa, but, but that might not be the right timing. Like he was definitely in the room at Whiplash at some point in time, but I don't know if it was then. Um, but there were more like, I'm glad you picked up on that because it wasn't just Denise. Like there was like a crew. Um, now I might be embellishing in my fond memory. It might've just been Denise and, and John and that's it. Um, but it felt like a lot of activity. And I don't know if it was that night, but when I was assisting and helping out on Whiplash and kind of learning the ropes, there were a lot of visitors. Whiplash was a show that people liked to stop by and just stick their head in. Um, and just sort of, you know, say, hey, what's up and, and go on their way, which was true of, of most of our shows, but it, it had a certain activity level. 
maybe because it was the that was the only night of the week that it was on. Um, it was a one shot deal for that show. So yeah, in my mind, there were like five or six people running around the studio. It could have just been me, Denise, and one other person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was Monday night. It's about yep. 10 o'clock. Yeah, I don't remember the time, but I would say I would say that because it, it led right into Airwave. So yeah, maybe nine to eleven. Okay. So you're interested, you've seen the flyer, you've gone to the meeting. Next step is what? Announcing class, engineering class. Do you remember tracking? Do you remember hanging out in the studio? Is there anything that stood out from that process? I was trying to think about that today, and that's fuzzier than those times of go. Because Denise was really cool. She simultaneous to me doing all of those training classes, she just let me dive right in. I mean, like I wasn't on air, but even at least just grabbing records, grabbing CDs, helping out, getting things queued up. Um, so I know that I was doing that stuff simultaneously, but the memory is much more vivid of of being in the studio for Whiplash than, than taking the classes. Do you remember an announcing teacher? Do you remember engineering teacher? Or is that a blur? It's a blur. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember... <laughs> It might have been during Whiplash. It might have been during another time. Do you remember your first time operating the board? I don't remember my very first time, but I do know that I was allowed to operate the board by myself, probably during Whiplash, you know, maybe just a handful of times for a few minutes. And it was a thrill. I mean, like the idea that what you were doing was impacting what was being broadcast was you know, I felt a huge sense of responsibility and excitement. Do you remember your first time announcing on the air? No. <laughs> My <laughs> outstanding memory is, is at least consistent. No, but I but but I do remember plenty of nights announcing for the Oasis and you know, in today just in kind of preparing for our conversation, just thinking about that feeling. And it was such an intimate yet public feeling simultaneously. It felt like, and that that was one of the pieces of advice that I got that I don't remember who gave to me, but that that served me so well was pretend like you're just talking to one person. Um, and that made it much easier. And I was I was really comfortable behind the mic, even though, you know, in my career it has taken me and I've gotten to a place where I'm very comfortable now presenting in person to, you know, upwards of 200 people, but that still gets my heart racing, still gets, I, I never had those, that type of nerves on the air. Once the mic went on, you know, you just felt like you were, you know, talking to a friend. Um, it was a great feeling to be able to, to, you know, be that person delivering the music, delivering the news, you know, delivering that moment, you know, into someone's um, car or home or wherever they were and we had our regulars who called in I still remember Mike from Hempstead every single week would call my show but you know it was great that there were actually people listening and then they would interact back with us and yeah I absolutely loved it so in the process of doing a show you get those regulars you get those familiar feelings was there a moment where you thought oh wow something I a song I picked or something I said 
affected someone or they is that when's the first time you felt like that feedback where you're like that was cool i did that i think that when we did that outdoor remote in front of the student center and i mean i'm sure there was reaction from the audience that were listening at home or in their cars or wherever but people came by, people stood around, you know, to see there was, there was an audience. And so, you know, you felt it in real life and, you know, we prepared so much for that and it was, and yet it was like that scene in broadcast news where Joan Cusack is running with the videotape because I was running across the Unispan with the CD that we were kicking it off with. I don't know why or how we forgot it, but I did. And it was squeeze. I just don't remember what song. Um, I'm sure we can dig it up somewhere. It might have been Cool for Cats. It might not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but it was squeezed for sure. Um, and I think it might have been. Um, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to go find that. But but that that feeling that every that it was live like that also could get your blood pumping like nothing else i mean you you, you weren't going to do it twice like whatever you were saying at that moment was going out over the airwaves and and that again excitement responsibility um you know there's there's to me there's no feeling like that so you talk quite extensively about denise and whiplash and that being sort of your entrance into the radio station. Were there other people who, when you were first there, kind of stepped up and said, can I help you? Or were there people that you listened to and said, I like what they're doing? Was there someone who stood out or uh, other people or other groups? Well, Kathy Wurzberger was always um, really helpful in terms of her making sure to coach us on our uh, vocal and announcing skills. I probably owe it to her that I got the letter R back <laughs> into my <laughs> vocal uh, repertoire because being someone born and raised in Brooklyn, uh, you say mother and father instead of mother and father. And uh, she made sure that we said W and not W-R-H-U and things like that. Um, so I, I, I meet people now who say to me that they're surprised <laughs> that I'm from Brooklyn. And that, tr that training is, is from, I mean, other people are not surprised, but <laughs> that training is, is from those, those times for sure. Um, I was, it's funny because, uh, I was trying to think of, you know, who I, who I both emulated and who perhaps, you know, like I said earlier, was a little bit intimidating in those early days. I do remember when a certain gentleman named Will Shelley entered the studio and it was during Whiplash. And again, he was just one of the pop-ins and he came in in his, you know, uh, Wayfarer sunglasses and a overcoat and whoa. Like I did not think that he liked me, um, and, and but yet his uh, announcing style, his music taste, his 
you know, the whole style surrounding his show that he put so much thought into and preparation for and planning out his playlists and all of that was certainly uh, something that I, you know, looked up to. And, and I had ended up having the slot before his. Um, so I tried to kind of, you know, have a bit of a rhythm since we were, I was seven to nine, he was nine to 11. Um, so yeah, I, I will also say um, you, um, when I was still in my, what felt to me like my infancy as a, as a, a DJ and as a programmer, um, you know, you had come to me at one point and said that you had spoken to John Baker, who I think was producing the Oasis at the time, and that you both thought that I could, that I could have a slot, which like kind of blew me away because I didn't know if I was ready yet. Um, and that potentially could take over as the producer if, you know, if that, if that went well. And that instilled a tremendous amount of confidence, you know, in me being able to want to step up and do that. Um, so it was great. I mean, one of the greatest things that I think back on frequently, because um, I, I think that anywhere that you contribute your time or work is really about the people. I mean, of course you wanna enjoy what you're doing and feel invested in it and be able to get behind it, but that's not what people talk about when they say they love their job or they love, you know, something they do outside of work or a cause that they're interested in or a passion that they have. It's the people that they're with. And we, I mean, we loved that station, from, you know, to every inch of it, but it was mostly because of who was there and everyone was so supportive and collaborative. And I know that's kind of, hokey and cliche and everybody says that but it was true and you know I met some of my closest friends to this day there and but coming down as a new person I never felt like I I had to prove myself necessarily it was more a sense of this is the family who wants everyone to do well and come on down we're gonna we're gonna help you get there um and we had tons of people that contributed in different ways that, you know, on air, off air, you know, different interests. If, if we didn't, again, it sounds like a cliche, but it, it takes all, you know, all interests, all walks of life, all. And, and I, again, now that it's, it's particularly relevant now, because I also think that we had such diversity of opinions of musical taste, you know, it's, it all started probably from musical tastes, but that also gets you some really interesting conversations and time spent together that just can only expand your worldview without getting too grandiose, but I, I think it did for me. So to kind of wrap all this up, we're looking back at obviously an important time in our lives, an important experience, and what it means to us now. And is it possible to go back in your mind to freshman Jen Murphy and showing up there at Hofstra Radio? What did you think or what did you hope this place would mean to you or be in your life? 
I think my hope was that it would, because at the time my interest was that my career would be in broadcasting. So I think my hope was that it would help with that, but it actually did so much more than that. Um, because the, while of course I developed skills and talents there that, you know, had I gone down that path into, you know, straight up broadcasting would have, would have prepared me for sure. Like beyond anything else that I could have learned in a, in a classroom, um, the relationships developed, the, the skills developed. I mean, when I think back now that we were 19, 20, 21, and basically running a small business um, with, you know, some direction from senior leadership, but not a whole heck of a lot. And that was the blessing. I mean, as you know, I was not lucky enough to know Jeff Krause. He was already um, sick when I came down to the station. And, you know, Sue was our mentor, but she also had a lot of responsibility, you know, to, to, you know, to him. And so at the, the time that I was really getting involved in the station, we were running the show quite literally. And that, was the most amazing experience to have that level of independence and autonomy. You know, I don't know if you could cook it up again. Um, That to me was the most amazing piece that we, because we had the responsibility to do it, we rose to the occasion and gave it our all and our hearts were in it every minute of the day. But I also should, would be remiss (laughs) and he'll be mad if I don't say it. Um, I met my husband there too, which, you know, here we are (laughs) many, many, many years later. Um, so I got a pretty good deal out of the whole thing. Um, but yeah. And like, and that's not something you could have imagined walking in the door. No, 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 no. That's not what I was, this is not match.com. It's W-R-H-U. Um, there was nothing.com, but, um, no, walking in, I, I thought it would be a combination of like a really fun club mixed with maybe some some materials that I could apply, you know, hopefully to my career. And I got way more than I bargained for. And I'm so thankful that that I saw that stupid flyer. <laughs> I mean, that's the, and that Denise was self-deprecating and welcoming all at once. Well, that's, it's so cool. Thank you for sharing. Let's do this again. Let's do more. Yeah, absolutely. I, you, you know that I can talk. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Brian.